Hey everyone, welcome to the All Brit Podcast. Uh, I'm your Sam H, and I've got with me tonight a very great guy, very, um, special guest of mine, good friend of mine on Twitter, Yukon Scott. Welcome. Hey, hey thank, thanks for having me. Uh, welcome on, man. It's uh, you're the first uh, guy, first one from Yukon I've spoke to. So, which is, uh, and I know Canada pretty well because uh, we have. A, I've spoken to people across there, but I think you'll believe your first one there. So Yukon, so you're a first man. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, I'm flattered to be the first one here. This is this is great. I, uh, I'm looking forward to this. This is this is awesome. I know. I'm, I've been looking forward to uh, having you on, mate. Um, always love people uh, to talk hockey with. I mainly because mainly I, I'm a lot of the time I do this sort of solo. So and that is so hard to do, mate. Uh, yeah, it, well, it must be hard to, you know, just to kind of talk through ideas on your own because you're not oh. bouncing things off of people. And, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah, you do a good job of it, though. I've, I've listened to a couple and, there, you know, I, I appreciate your points and you do a good job of it, but it's certainly tough to do it by yourself. It is. So because you haven't to like, think of stuff like live and, you know, process everything in you and then get it out. And, you know, like you can have someone to sort of feed off of and, you know, bounce back, you know you know thoughts and um you know they can you know having someone else can like make you think and then think oh yeah yeah i'm for to that and something else comes up whereas you're having to do it straight on right live and things like that so it's a lot lot harder yeah do. for sure it's just more dynamic too you know it's just it's just the, the flow of ideas is a lot easier so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to this it's gonna be awesome yeah yeah it will be mate i'm uh I am always looking, always like a talkative people can get me, get me thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, likewise, man. This is, this is going to be great. I, uh, yeah. especially like generally speaking, this time of year is really busy for me. Just, just for my job. I, I, uh, I'm in the lumber industry, so it's, All right, I'm yeah. not always the, you know, it, it's a lot tougher for me to kind of get into some, some hockey information this, this time of year, but given that, uh, we're getting a play in here, we're going to have hockey and, Playoff hockey in August. This is, I'm getting back into it here. This is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I'm, I'm really. Um, well, uh, as far as you, Yukon as a province, mate. Um, I don't actually. I don't know. I know there's quite a small population uh, there, and um, I believe you're. Um, wait, is it May? Is it May? Mayo, where you where you are? Or I, I believed when I saw it. I missed that. So just pull me in for me. I'm sorry. What was that? I um, it. is it is it like I'm just uh, looking for uh, like information, Yukon and that because um, I believe your capital city is just find out yeah. here. Yeah, it's Whitehorse. Whitehorse. That's the that's the place. I'm done. Yeah. That, and then, and that's where I live. I, I you know, mo- most of the population of, of the Yukon territory is in Whitehorse. I, um, I think generally speaking, the total population of the Yukon is around 30,000 and, you know, about 25,000 ish live in Whitehorse. Um, yeah. So, so most, most of the population is in Whitehorse. Um, there's a, there's an, another, um, larger town about five hours North of Whitehorse called Dawson city, which used to be the capital um in the late 1800s but it's it's <laughs> since been whitehorse for for quite some time yeah 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 i mean it, it's it's i've seen pictures in that about because 
you know, because all these like places like North Northwest Territories and things like and that that don't get mentioned that fall beneath radar, you know, because you know you, people talk can talk about Canada. They mainly talk, you know, you know the big, um, you know the big provinces. So yeah, that's for sure. That's, yeah, yeah, that's why that's why it's awesome to have some wrong from Yukon and that because you know to you know speak to people you know from across Canada and everything. So yeah, well, it's it's always good to just you know you know, I hear people's, uh, background from, from different places. Um, you know, certainly being from the Yukon, I, I, I suppose I probably have a little bit of different perspective as compo- or compared to someone yeah. from the Eastern side of Canada, you know, uh, you know, Ontario or, or, or one of the bigger provinces. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting, you know, if, especially if you're coming from your point of view, like it, it's just cool to talk to people from, all over a country being that you've done that so many times now you, you must notice that yeah and well i'm always i mean i know pretty much i'm pretty sort of you know i'm a big you know i follow a lot that goes on in your country because i'm a huge you know canada fan you know we all we get all sometimes i prefer listening to your news than ours over here at a minute because <laughs> <laughs> ours is depressing uh yeah you're doing all right um i'm interested um also Scott, about um, I've heard a lot of you, you know, and I'm not going to mention a lot on this because it's depressing as it's depressing as shit. Because we can do all this, but how's COVID affected you, Con? COVID, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it's certainly affected the whole world, and um, we're, we're no different. Um, y- you know, our, our case um, count was is certainly a lot lower relatively speaking to the rest of Canada, just being that our population is smaller. Um, we, I think we've had 11 confirmed cases within the territory here. Um, and just yesterday they, they mentioned that there were two people traveling outside the territory who have contracted the virus, but they're not, they're actually not in Whitehorse. They're, they're traveling in another province. So that, that one's, those two are a little bit different to the, the 11 that we have confirmed here. So we, we, we did for a period, we, we were shut down to essential service, basically. Um, you know, we, my, uh, the business I work for was considered essential service. So I could keep working, which was good, but there's many people who couldn't work, you know, especially the hospitality um, industry that, that was tough, just like everywhere else. You know, it was a, it was a weird scene, but you know, as, as we kind of rolled on, we, we, we were stuck at 11 cases for basically two months where we didn't have any more um, um, positive tests. So we've kind of slowly come back to some semblance of normalcy, like bars are open, um, restaurants are open, you know, obviously with some uh, capacity changes, you know, 50% capacity, I think is is the number. Um, So, so we, we've, we found a way to kind of get back to some kind of normal, which is good. Um, Yukoners are pretty uh, <laughs> like to have a good time, so it was yeah, and and pretty social. We're you know pretty social um, dynamic here in the Yukon, so I mean it was nice to That's nice, nice to get some of that back. But yeah, um, yeah I mean we, we it still it still looms, you know, like we could be locked down at any minute. Like we that's the I suppose one of the scarier things about it is you know we we don't have ventilators and stuff like that. So if we ever did get some kind of 
uh, large outbreak and you know some some compromised people were infected that that would be a huge issue here because we we don't really have the um the facilities to take care of a widespread uh problem like that so that are you know it's yeah it's something we certainly had to look at for sure yeah <laughs> so you you actually went through like right like other places like you had a did you have like a lockdown and you know where you uh, you know you had to sort of stay in your out, stay at home, and things like that. No, we didn't have a straight. We didn't have a straight lockdown. Um, you know, there was obviously restrictions put in place. Like you, you know, if you went to the grocery store, there's only a certain amount of people out in, so there's some distancing created there. Um, but there wasn't a straight lockdown per se. Yeah. Um, so we wasn't, it wasn't as serious as what you guys had to go through there. It sounds like you, oh, yeah. you guys had quite a, quite a scary thing there. So, I mean, we a little bit fortunate that way, but, um, yeah, it, you know, I, I should say it wasn't nearly as bad as, as you guys, it, you know, certainly coming from that perspective. It come, yeah, it, it's, yeah, we've got, yeah, UK's got second highest um, fatalities uh, behind US, yeah. It's oh, a long right. story, it's a long, it's a long story, <laughs> no, it's a long, it's a long sort of story with that, but um, essentially when it, it when it, it March, it, we, at one point in, uh, when it first started, we had full lockdown over here. It it was it wasn't as strict as it was in France or you know Spain or Italy or those places. We didn't yeah. exactly we didn't get to the point in Italy where hospitals were sort of overwhelmed and you know you had all those you know those scenes in Italy and that where you know police cars and things like that driving around and people being told that you know people weren't allowed out for you know to do anything and. Bet that you know the bare minimum as lockdown wasn't as strict as that, but as Italy ran, but it was. I think at one point, Scott, when you were only allowed to do one exercise a day for 20 minutes, wow. uh, you know, you I went in a store in you know, just my local store, uh, you know, like grocery store or supermarket, and um. And this was March. This was just before lockdown. It and they basically big store, the apps and you know stockpile it. You know they just people just stockpile and just it were like it were like I mean something that you'd find, you know, in on other side of the world. You know, in in some of the poorer countries, they just the store was just emptied. Wow. It, you know you can but that yeah it it got really it. it it's got really bad. It's never got to a point where, as I was, there's been obviously a lot of, there's been a lot of cock up space, you know, with regards to us, and there's a lot of full story and things like that. So there's a lot, of, there's a lot behind it and all that. Minute. So, but that's that's basically us, what we what happened over here. But I mean, uh. we started lifting, you know, we started uh, lifting on. Um, you know, a lot of restrictions have all lifted now, and um, they've made. I think they've just made like, you know, like masks and face masks and that in you know compulsory in certain places, like transport and things like that. So, you know, and in shops, um, it's about where it's way too freaking late, like, but <laughs> it's way too late. But 
Yeah, we, we're largely opening up now. I'm due to go back on 9th of August to um, start like working and things like that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, don't doesn't bode well for future economically because we've going to wall economically or we're about to. But, um, yeah, we've got that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I see things, you know, just on the news here and there. Um, you know, I, I watched last week tonight with John Oliver Yeah. quite often, and he's gone over, like, your Brexit, um, things like that. And, oh, uh, yeah, we just you know, finished just, that. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man, it's it's, it's just been a crazy, crazy year for, you know, for you guys. It's, man, it's unbelievable. Crazy few, crazy few years. Crazy few years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not I don't think we've stopped or just you know, it's we've gone from one thing to another. <laughs> oh. Now we have that we have that and then that got sorted out. And then we are exited this year and then we went straight into this. We've we've never had like any peace. It's always been upheaval. <laughs> <laughs> something something like that anyway. There's always something going on, eh? Yeah, but we're doing um yeah, anyway, mate. Yeah, I was just on about, I was just finding, it was just basically finding out um, just more about you and that, mate. And uh, because I'm sure, you know, it being sort of small and not well as well populated, it can sometimes fade to background and things like that with everything, you know, because, you know, they all like the big cities and things like that, don't they? So, yeah, um, well, I mean, like, it, I'd, it's certainly like a. I mean, it's a little bit of a secret, really. I mean, a lot of people, when they think of the Yukon, even Canadians, Western Canadians, um, you know, they, they might have an image in their head of what the Northwest Territories is. And Northwest Territories is is beautiful, but it's a little more flat, um, more tundra-type um, landscape, whereas the Yukon's, it's really mountainous. Um, there's lots of beautiful vistas everywhere. Oh, but it's beautiful um, up there. Yeah, man, it's it's... It's really a place like no other. The people here are really cool. Um, it's a neat place, man. You know, you know, I, I maybe didn't appreciate that until I got a little bit older, and you know, I, I went traveling myself, or you know, spent time in in southern cities, and you know, after a while, for me personally, I I found myself most comfortable and happy back here. So here yeah, I am. yeah, I, I would, man, and uh, definitely um, stay. Definitely stay there. You think I think you're having a better. I think it's a better time there than it is up here. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, you know, I think you're, you're escaping a lot of it. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean that. I suppose that's the other thing with it, right? I mean, it's the population is a little bit smaller, so it, yeah, we kind of go. You know, I I don't want to use the word unnoticed, but I I can't think of another one at the moment. Yeah, that's what, I, <clears throat> but. I mean that sort of leads sort of leads us into uh, the into talking hockey, mate. Actually, um, the uh, NA, the NHL hubs for the playoffs have been all uh, decided, and uh, Edmonton's got there's a got the West and Toronto on the East, um, which is I, I I think there's a lot, which is a great choice um, because. I think it was the only choice, Scott. To be honest with you, you know the, you know, as for the other sorts of cities, I think it would have been a total freaking nightmare to have done Vegas with cases that are flying through the roof there. 
Yeah, it would have been impossible. Like, I mean, I, I know that they wanted it, you know, the players wanted it, but just like from a safety standpoint and, you know, like just a logistical point of view, just in terms of, uh, you know, like limiting the amount of people that, that would be around the team in Vegas, it would just be impossible. Like it was, I don't know how they could, it just kept rising and rising. And, you know, most people were like, how can they even be looking at Vegas right here when Canada is the only option? Like it, yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I shook my head reading that they were, well, no, it sounds like Vegas is a, is a pretty strong front runner for a hub city. And I just, I think they want to Vegas, you know, it all tells, you know, it all tells and we all, you know, the facilities and things like that. But now, well, I, that's, I, yeah, I, that's exactly what, that's exactly what it was. And also the players liked the idea of going to Vegas, I think was part of it. I mean, it's still Vegas, well, right? There's still, sure of, there's still, there's, there's still sure. lots of things to do, even I'm, in a lockdown. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd, I'm, players like it would like to go to Vegas. I'm not sure that a vehicle thing, because you've got tendency to, um, you know, for a few people to start wandering around. Oh yeah. That's trouble. a good point. Yeah. So get into trouble. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a good point, but you know, just piss the money away into casinos or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just like I said, from a safety point of view, it was it was pretty tough to do. And then um, I think Jonathan Willis had a tweet. He 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 mentioned that with the Canadian dollar being so low, that you might as well take advantage of it. You know, it'll it'll cost the teams less money to be in Canada. Yeah, dollar is going to go further. So I mean, there, there was a plus there as well. I mean, roughly, uh, you know, comparing it to, I mean, Canada is a much smaller country to, um, you know, to well, it's not much small in terms of population. Canada's a lot bigger than UK by a long way, but um, I think you, I think it's been handled pretty well over there. Um, as you know, but I'm comparing it to disaster over here, but. Um, yeah, I think I think as far as us, which is why I think Canada, you know, the two they may come to the right decision and on you know the old cities because there was just no way possible you could have done it in Vegas or Florida and and you know I'm, I mean some of those states are in real trouble you know really um, with everything so but yeah I think it. Yeah, you've got less chance. I think had they picked Vegas, Scott, I think you would have had a lot more opt-outs in, um, you know, players opting out and opting not to play. Because yeah, I think some, I think you're right. Because some players would have thought, you know what, you know what, fuck this, I'm not doing, I'm not going there. I'm putting myself at risk in with it with their with their infections at the minute. No yeah, chance. absolutely. You're I right. mean, I know there's some that's opted out, but. I mean, I, I'm surprised that there actually hasn't been more opt-outs now. You know, it, you know, I, I just, I kind of thought that, you know, for example, if you're, if you're a player on Montreal, yeah, um, and you're lining up against Pittsburgh, who's rested and a very good team, yeah, and you're like, well, I mean. What what are the chances of me getting sick here versus you know playing Pittsburgh, who's you know arguably going to mop the yeah. floor with us here? Um, yeah, you know. So I I kind of thought there'd be more of that, but 
and the same token, you know, players are, they want to play hockey too. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's always a competitive desire, I suppose. I just, I just thought there would be more. That's all. Yeah. I think there's a lot more, there's a sort of confidence, there's this sort of confidence with, you know, doing bubbles and, you know, how it's going to be done. Cause I think they're going to, um, I don't know if there's two hotels next to Rogers. So, yep. and they've got like a, you know, they can underground, you know, tunnels so they can sort of keep within, you know, you know, isolate themselves away from, um, you know, you know, general from wondering about and, you know, yeah. keep within keep within the bubble. So yeah. I think it's e- it's probably easier to do, but um, it's just it's just keeping it's it's just everyone's just got to you know behave yourself basically and not mess you know not break any rules. I th- I think there'll be a lot of enforcement. I was saying to um, Dan over when I spoke to him over day. Of Oilers Nation, um, yeah. there'll probably be a lot of player enforcement uh, for that, and you know, players won't obviously won't want to. They'll probably police it among themselves, you know, because it'll be looked, it'll be frowned frowned on if you know as being selfish, and you know, if they start, if if they break it, and it won't look good, and they'll get absolute, and whoever does break it, if if any Oilers players broke it. They would get absolute freaking. They, they'd. Well, you know how those Twitters, Scott. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they come out. You know. Well, yeah. Like especially, uh, and probably the same as for Toronto. Like, any when you're in Edmonton, it's a bit of a fishbowl, right? So, like, Edmontonians know hockey players when they see them. So yeah. if there's any guy, oh yeah, you know maybe maybe out where he shouldn't be out, he's gonna get. A video yeah. taken of him or a picture taken of him is going to get thrown on Twitter and it's going to get yeah. blasted everywhere and he's going to get in trouble and yeah, it just won't be worth it. So I, I think just from, I imagine, you know, NHL PR teams are already going over that because there's, you know, what what's our strategy, you know, if this happens, that kind of thing, you know, that they're, they're already discussing that, but um, I think you're right. I think it'll, it'll kind of police itself. Yeah, they'll be they'll they'll be fine. I, I I can I can see it working fine. I mean, just looking at we we like we soccer, you know. I mean, soccer over here is you know it resumed and we've been having it played over here in empty stadiums. And uh, I don't think they, they don't bubble themselves. But then again, it, it's probably it's a sort of smaller country, so you know it's not like. You know they're flying in and flying out of airports, so we don't have that problem over, you know, particularly in soccer over here. Um, but you know they've just heavily testing the players; they're heavily tested. I don't think we've had one positive case in Premier League over here. So no way, uh, no, no, we, I don't. No, we've not had one. I don't think there's been a positive play. There's been a positive as a result of this. Um, wow. Yeah, so that that's probably so. It, it seems to have worked and pretty well, and you know, well, I mean, there's been positive cases in like, you know, when it were all going on, but not during resuming football season. Um, I'd be interested to know as well, Scarborough, you know, just how hockey works without crowds, and how it, because you know, just I'm sat like watching some of these football games over here soccer games and I'm thinking 
it don't work with art fans. <laughs> it's it looks like you know really like empty stadiums and it's it's not the same and it has affected us as well. It it can also affect. I'd be interested to know if it affects you know players sort of mentally, you know, because to go from playing in front of like eighteen nineteen thousand, you know, in arena in Rogers Place to go into play, you know, to when you've got no. You know, like chants and you know, you know, you to you, you know, no crowd, no attendance to feed off of. You know, to you know, cheer your. You know, it, it sort of gives you like an adrenaline rush. So, I'd be interested. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's uh, that like you know, just in my personal things. You know, I I played hockey, but certainly not at any kind of super high level but you know even just having a few fans screaming at you when you make a big hit or something is you know it's it's energizing you know it's something electrifying about it so that you know those crazy those those crazy swings of momentum you might see from you know a big hit or something like that is i don't know if they'll be as effective as as uh you know without without a stadium full of fans yeah, it might take some um, so, might take some adjustment. Like you know, how many times have have you seen it? And uh, you know, where a guy will make a big hit, and all of a sudden the the team's playing a little quicker now. Like there's something to it. The crowd's into it now. You know, so yeah, that 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 that's that's just gonna be a factor for sure. Um, but I mean, those guys ultimately like they're NHL hockey players at the highest level, right? So that they're they're like they're going to be dialed in being the best players in the world no matter what um yeah like i mean i've watched a lot of world juniors in my life and you know that i can't tell you how many games i've watched but well, there's no one in the stands and it's canada versus um you know the czechs or something like that and there's you know and yeah. it's actually more, more popular now but like say going back you know, maybe ten or fifteen years when yeah. when it was you know when it went over to Europe, there was very few fans in the stands there. Um, it was still good hockey. It was still awesome to watch. Um, yeah. You know, I it'll it'll still be great to see. But you know, just those momentum swings, I think, will be a little less impactful, maybe. Yeah, I mean, our I, I, I mean, just it's interesting when we're an issue of fans because. Um, just to tell you, I mean, we have a league. We've got an hockey league over here called Elite Hockey League. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, my other team, Sheffield Steelers, you know, we've been, a, you know, you know, we've founded, uh, been going 28 years. So, and it's been, our league, because, our, because the way our league works is, because we don't have a lot, of, we don't have like television money like that. Our league can't resume till fans are back in building. Wow! Because it's we depend the the teams are depend the, the actual teams are dependent on that fan money, wow. you know on on you know gate receipts and things like that. Yeah. So they can't. It's not viable. There's no way they'll be they can able to they can do it without fans. And um, yeah, I mean, oh, and by the way, just just information as well. Um, where I am in Sheffield. 
that was the uh, birthplace at Stanley Cup where we made where Stanley Cup were made. Just oh no way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, I had I, I reminded uh, Dan over day. It's just a little bragging point as a as a Sheffielder. <laughs> oh, I like that. That that that's a good factoid to, to remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean we've got. So, a good so I, I, I got a question for you. How did you become an Oilers fan? Well, I was a Sheffield. Well, I'm a Sheffield Steelers fan. I've been a fan since probably about three, four year old. I grew up with the Hockey League over it. With the Hockey over it, a massive Steelers fan. You know, I got to, you know, my dad were an Irish ring, but Matt used to manage an Irish ring where Sheffield Steelers used to practice. I knew a lot of the old players, and uh, you know, um, but regards to so that's it's sort of like two, it's sort of like a twin track on my journey with hockey because on one hand I were a Steelers fan and I had all that, but I also watched the NHL. We used to get like. We used to get NHL games like I don't know. They used to be three, four days later on one of main channels over here. Um, oh no way! But, and uh, and then it went to more games and more games. So the NHL's definitely grown a lot over here in terms of sports, in terms of coverage of games. Um, and the it's on a channel, the one that's got the NHL rights over here. Um, so it's on like. They have, there's like, it's, NHL's got like team package and things like that. So yeah. you can, so I can, I can, I've got ability to watch every Oilers game now. Plus Fair we enough. get like NHL game center that's available. So for like outer market games, so we can get that. With regards to me being an Oilers fan, as a long winded answer, it, um, I was always a fan, you know, I grew up, you know, I was a huge fan of Gret. Gretzky growing up, Messier, Fiora, you know, Coffee. Um, yes, that, that I know, you know, I used to love um, Glenn Saver as, as a coach. And yeah, and I'm always, I, I were always drawn into, um, you know, to Edmonton as sort of a city. Um, it, Edmonton's a lot, it's a lot like where I'm from. You know, Edmonton people are a lot like like where I am in Sheffield, which is in Yorkshire, Northern, you know, very down to earth. And, you know, that's probably why I have sort of really took to um, Oilers fans and why I get on with so many, because, you know, they're always really friendly and welcoming and, you know, they, you know, they do anything to sort of help you out. And uh, they're a good, you know, good bunch, but... Yeah, you know, I love the history of the Oilers. You know, they're a very historical franchise, you know, with five Stanley Cups. Um, Yeah, and they're real. I like, my dad's a Detroit Red Wings fan, but I wanted a team in Canada because, you know, I've always won, you know. And, um, yeah, Oilers are... But those fans, you know, real. I remember watching uh, another thing that made sort of grew me awareness of the Oilers is um, I watched the Thirty for Thirty on ESPN on um, on Wayne Gretzky. Um, I forgot what. Yeah, um, yeah, I forgot what what did they call it. 
King's Ransom. Uh, I watched that on ESPN, and that sort of grew me away. You know, I'm just listening to interviews, you know, saying it's a hockey's a religion in Edmonton, and those fans, you know, like, you know, Green Bay is in Wisconsin and those. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, and they all, you know, and they're just fanatical about hockey, you know, every day, every year, and there's no, like, off-season. They just live and breathe it, and I thought that really drew me to um And that was before I knew all the... I knew, I knew I actually knew people. So I knew fan. I, I used to watch games, um, but I didn't fully understand like the sort of the NHL and un, know what's going. You know, me you not know, no trades or things like. That. I just used to work, go and watch the. I used to watch the hockey um, and see what. You know, I, I didn't know what was going on behind scenes or anything like I'm exposed to now, and I didn't know any fans, so I didn't have anyone sort of to learn about the NHL and, you know, Edmonton as a team and, you know, the history and, you know, what the views were of the fan base, because I weren't sort of... Because if you don't know anyone, then you can't be exposed to that. But that all changed... Um, that all changed when I uh, found my way... <laughs> found me when I jumped onto Oilers Twitter... One one day, yeah, yeah, and then your life was unfortunately changed yeah. forever. Yeah, no, changed forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I love Oilers Twitter. It's it's the just most ridiculous melting pot of people ever. I just really <laughs> so many dissenting views about about everything. It, I just love it. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, really. Are you um, Are you on Mega Fred? I am, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm on there. I'm on there. Yeah. I don't, I I don't ever say much on there, but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I do, I do read the, the, the comments on it. Yeah, no, they always talk about like how it blows everybody's Twitter up and all that. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh no, it was, I know it was brilliant. The thing was, is I were on Twitter a lot of years, Scott, and they didn't have. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Twitter could be used for okay, anything other than you know. Because when I joined Twitter, I think it was two thousand and eight on my first account. They they had like the only people that were sort of used it. It would be like Instagram, sort of is not where I didn't know about that. Where they mainly had like you know a lot of news sites used it and um, you know like celebrities and things like that. It didn't. You it it weren't. I didn't think it could ever be used for something. You know, for hockey fans to talk to each other. So a lot of years, I used to just talk about like news and shit, and it, because it never dawned on me that hockey fans could, you know, could be on, could use Twitter to talk to each other and you know do anything like mega threat. It never crossed my mind. And then how uh, I I'm, okay, I'll tell you the story how I joined it. Since we. How I joined it is, I, I think I had two, I knew two women, well, my background is I used to be in politics, um, so I used to do that, so my Twitter used to be that, well, I weren't in politics, I used to do it and that, I was never any politician, but what happened, was, and then I got to know two women in Canada who were into that, but then, uh, the, uh, uh, one by she's called Rosa, and then one I, I know I'm bringing you on Scott, and I'm doing talking. 
<laughs> oh no, no, it's, it's I like it. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I will let you. Yeah, I will let you talk. No, no, have at her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I knew. So there were two like they called the a cult. So I got to know two. One were in Edmond. One were in um, Cal. One were in Alberta, and the other were in Ontario. And then now, and then they. She knew some. She knew someone called Bray, who was. A, but she she was into politics. But she was also an Oilers fan. And through Bray, but but, but through. Bree, who was another one that I, I'd still, I've still got her on. I met Shella Sikorska on Twitter. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah. you know, you you might have heard of, you might have heard of Shella. Yeah, you bet. So, and I met Shella, and then through Shella, I met. Um, I think it was Meg. You know, I think they were Megan. I met Megan and Jackie B, and another one called Shauna. And then it went from there. Then all of a sudden, what happened then? So, but they have a lot of Oilers fans. They're the two big account. They're the, they're all the big accounts that have got a lot of Oilers fans on. Yeah, and then and then I just sort of followed Oilers fans. I just sort of thought, oh, that's great. But so I just followed hockey fans. I thought, oh, just see what happens. And so, so I followed all these, and then I was following that. And then all of a sudden, I had all these, ed- my timeline and everything started to change. I started, didn't you see so much, many, much political shit or anything that I used to have on before. And it, I just started seeing like, okay, you know, oil stuff. And I'm thinking, what the fucking hell's going to say? I'm thinking, oh God, I'm, I'm going to have to get me, I'm going to get, I'm going to have to step up my fucking game because, you know, there's one thing being an hockey fan, but it's another. Getting into a debate with an oil, getting into a debate <laughs> under gun when you've got Oilers fans. Yeah, you know, well, a lot of them are, the are shit. That's right. A lot of them are pretty well read, you know. So, yeah. you, you, gone yeah. are the days where you could just, you know, think that you're you have the correct facts in your head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh yeah, I remember watching that game, and I think it was this, and you know, if you spot it out there without looking up, looking it up first, someone's gonna get all over you about it right so it's you gotta be careful but i like that about it you know it's it's uh it it actually certainly increased like my knowledge of the game um you you know i i you know i'm obsessed with hockey i love playing it i love watching it um but the 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 analytics side is something that i started paying more attention to because of twitter um yeah you know i'd I'd get on there and i i like when i joined twitter i think it was 2011 and I just started following some random Oilers fans as I went along, and um, yeah. there were some pretty prominent uh, bloggers. Like Tyler Dello was still doing his thing at the time when I when I joined Twitter. He still had his blog MC Seventy Nine Hockey. Yeah. That just really opened my eyes to things, you know. Like I, I, I was probably you know like a, a lot of people where I, I was maybe I don't want to say dismissive of it, but I maybe didn't put much, as much stock into it as. As someone else would, but but I do pay attention to it more now than than I ever would have had I not joined Twitter. So so it certainly changed my scope of, of being a fan. Yeah. So what I had to do is I yeah it it certainly does. I mean, there's a lot of thing I, I certainly wouldn't know anything like stuff I know about Oilers now or the knowledge of the game. They've increased my knowledge of the game so so much, man. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, I. It, the way how I always describe it, it's like I'm. It, it's like someone of a degree. It's like someone having a degree at university, 
and they know about they they've got a degree, but then you're going up to so, but then you're going up to so to like, but then you're talking with some, so you get like a degree in like, I don't know any fucking shit, um, like physics, you and then you're but then you're having a conversation with someone who's like a doctor who's got like a doctorate who's a doctor in it, the knowledge yeah, the knowledge. They special, they're ex, they've got sort of... Yeah, they specialise in something. Yeah, and they're really specialised. And it's that level of knowledge where I've had to sort of get up and pull myself up a bit. On it. Yeah, well, it's good. It, I mean, it's 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 so great for that, you know? Like, there's so, I mean, there's a lot of bad conversations on there. You try to avoid those. Yeah. Some people get a little, get a little grumpy on there. Um, I actually try to never block anyone on Twitter... Or no. anything like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, if they're really, you know, you know, if they're using racist language or, or they're bigots or something like that, then you kind of don't have a choice, right? But you know, if there's someone that I don't agree with, I, you know, I don't, I don't mute or block anybody because they, you kind of yeah. create your own echo echo chamber if if you yeah. do that. Yeah. So, you know, I'll still read people's opinions and stuff. I might not agree with them, but at least you know, I try to know where they're coming from just just to. I don't, yeah. want to, I don't ever want to create an echo chamber for myself on that platform. No, you've got to get all different opinions and that. No, I don't. I, and to be honest as well, Scott, I always think when I'm over here and I see a, you know, a, lot, of, a lot of stuff, I I don't see the point personally in sort of really blocking Oilers fans because to me it's a waste of, it's a waste of time. You're all going to make, you're, we, you know, I mean, there's some that obviously can't get along, but yeah, end of day we still make, it's a community on Twitter. You know, we're all mixing yeah. with same. We're all mixing with same people. You That's know, right. you're all going to end up in same. You're all going to end up in same, in same circle because you know we all know, we all know same people and we all speak to same people. So it's like a little sort of commu- online community on Oilers Twitter. So if you have some body art, then it's. I I don't personally don't see point, but. I mean, some people just can't get along and, you know, have their own thing. So then it's all up to everybody and that. But me personally, I don't see points in it. But yeah. yeah, me me neither. I mean, it's just like you said, it's it's a community. It's it, it's always good to get a feel for what what other people are are thinking. You know, um, sometimes people have said things that I didn't agree with, and then after thinking about it, I'm like, well, yeah, actually. You're probably right. I remember getting in a conversation with a guy. He was a Kings fan talk, talking about Jake Muzz and, and how good he was. Yeah. And I was like, man, is he that good? Is he really that good? And he's like, man, check this out. And Not really. Yeah. And he, I, you know, I had no idea that, that, that he was such a, such an important piece of that Kings team for so long. Yeah. Oh, Joe, LA, what are the, they Matt? Are they what's pick that they've drawn? Is it number two, is it number three, number four? Uh I can't recall right off the top of my head, to be honest with you. I know they've got I know they picked Iron Lottery this year. That must Do you have that handy? Have I got that on? Should uh, look that up. I'll I'll look that up. Um do you know what? What do you make at draft? You know, and in well, you know, and in number one pick to 
basically someone in qualify loser a qualifier round to a bubble team i i i think it's such a ridiculous thing honestly i i still to this day think that the worst team in the league should get the first pick and yeah. there's some people that don't agree with that but i mean ultimately that's what you want you want the worst team to get it better i mean and it was kind of an overreaction to the Oilers, you know, winning those, their first overall picks. But I mean, you know, like the, the Oilers were the worst team, you know, and then they went and changed the rules to the draft lottery and then they ended up winning the draft lottery again, basically because of it. I'm all right. So, thinking the only, the only, because they, they had a lockdown in 2005 and they had a lockdown in 2013. Remember right that that 2005 draft were pretty unique, and that's how Pittsburgh got Crosby, Crosby draft when they got Crosby. Uh, Crosby, no, Crosby was uh, he was 2004. Right, I weren't sure if it were it one of those. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I weren't sure. I'm not sure if that were. I'm probably getting my draft years mixed up, but I mean, I'm not an expert on drafting things like that i tend to but i've i know far far more than that um, that was a pretty crazy couple of years for pittsburgh because they got crosby in 2004 yeah well years of and the year before or the year after they got they got malkin second after ovechkin was taken in first overall so like they just yeah. basically got the two best players almost ever you know, <laughs> like in back-to-back years. That's brilliant. That's brilliant look, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah, yeah just uh, looking. Yeah, LA Kings of to draft second overall uh, in twenty twenty. Wow. So that's yeah. So they deserve. They deserve. I kind of feel for uh, Detroit, but yeah, having said that, the you know, but it, it can't. It, it can't be nice. With, I mean, you know the. But I, it doesn't to me. I mean, they're not going to make playoffs for a few years, for quite a number of years, and they're rebuilding. They probably they yeah. need they they need those draft picks. Yeah, well, I mean, like, what's the big deal in having the worst team in the league get the first pick? Like, yeah. what is the problem? I mean, no team or fan base wants their team to be perennially the worst team in the league every year. No, not one. So you know to say that, well, it's not fair that this team keeps losing getting first overall draft picks. No, no franchise wants to be that bad. But if yeah. they are that bad, you know, whatever, just let them get the picks and let's move on. You know, like it's just I, I still just don't understand. You know, there's just it felt like an overreaction to what they did. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I have heard about saying uh the I've heard opinions both ways saying, you know, it just encourages play teams to just tank and and increase morale because you know, this you know, to you know, target every being shit, you know, and it got still more I I've heard I've heard I've heard other side, but yeah, I mean they should be getting things. The problem is is where you know doing the doing it how they've done it this year is you couldn't. You, you could end up with your team. You're gonna end up with a team that's not of You know, it's not a stand a contender, but it's sort of on the bubble. We're making playoffs. You know, a team like Montreal. Um, you know, 
could possibly get Lafreniere. So you know, so, so it's gonna so it's gonna boost so it's gonna it's gonna just boost the team that's on that's not quite just there yet, and then put them. Yeah, it's and, it's insane. Like yeah. I mean, like imagine the total meltdown across the hockey world if the Oilers lose to Chicago and then <laughs> win win Lafreniere. Could you imagine? Jesus Christ. Mike, it would just be insane. Oh, you know, yeah. every Oilers fan would just have this shitty and grin across their face. Oh, and the rest of the hockey world would just be so livid. Like they already so anyway. angry. Oh <laughs> man. It's just cool smile anyway. Apparently not as much as Toronto fans. It sounds like the hockey world hates Toronto more because I actually put a poll out. Yeah. Me and my buddy were having this discussion on Twitter, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And I actually made a poll and sent it out to Nashville Twitter and Bruins Twitter, like some some people I follow, and they were nice enough to retweet it. And it actually they, they actually preferred so the question was who what's the worst outcome? The Oilers winning the first overall or or Toronto? And it wound up being Toronto. Most of the votes were, were for Toronto. I can't remember. It was something like sixty percent to to forty percent. It was pretty significant. So, so we're, we're, we might be the second hated when it comes to the to the draft, which is pretty high, but not a, not as hated as Toronto. You have like Toronto media, and they were. What was that? With Jeff Blair on um, Sportsnet Five Night. He was. He would just say. It, I don't know. Probably have I got have I got his name right, Jeff Blair. I think so. Yeah. Well, um, they will just say you know they're always throwing you know digs at Edmonton. You know about how many times we've had first round picks and we've pissed assets away and all this and that. End of the day, we 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 got to a, we we got to more fucking rounds that we got to at least we got to a second round, which is more than Toronto did. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You're right. Like Bob Stoffer talks about it on his show, and you always gotta take some of the things he says as a grain of salt. Just you know, just because he's he yeah. is a an employee of the of, uh, yeah the, the Oilers. So, but he 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 always said that there is a true disdain for for Edmonton outside of the market, particularly the Eastern Canadian markets. You know, like just among uh, the pundits, like they they just. Something about the Oilers—they just don't like them for whatever reason. Uh, well, they, I think they probably a lot of people don't like Toronto because I never understand. You know, because coming from an coming from someone who's overseas, I don't understand what the obsession, what the obsession of the of the media, sports media in Canada is for for Leafs, where they just obsess about one team. I know it's the biggest city. I understand all that, and it's where a lot, you know, a lot, you know, large, largest population is. But I mean, London's got a larger population. London's got a, a ten million population, Scott. But our, our football media, they don't sit talking about Tottenham Hotspur for forty minutes and then talk about rest at league twenty for another, for you know, to fill time in. You know, they don't obsess about all London teams. I mean, there is a bias in our media, but they don't obsess about one team. And I think it's it's sort of it's a real yeah, they hype them up and they're hyping Matthews up and all that. But I'm not sure that helps him as a player, and it helps that team. And it but it can be real poison for for that team and and all it back because you look at their team, the the 
ever they're going to be they've got a huge cap crunch you know to to spend all that cap space on players and overpay on them contracts on your on your four key players it's a lot it's you know you you know you know Matthews on 11, 11 and a half Toronto's on 11 uh you know Nylander's or oh, Nylander got overpaid uh, I actually like I actually I actually don't mind the Nylander contract. I I got yeah. a lot of time for that guy. I think he's really good. Um, yeah. so what what did it get him done to? Six something or? Yeah, yeah. I think he just did that. But I think he. But you're right. That. I mean, it. Yeah. They're yeah. like they're they're really top heavy there. I yeah, mean, really top heavy. Yeah. Um, tough spot for them to be in for sure. But uh, yeah, going back to your point about the the media thing, I mean, like their their original six team. Um, that it's just like a lot of there's a lot of generations of fans that, that pass down that fandom, um, you know, from from themselves to their kids and then their kids to their kids. You know, there's a lot of that. Like, I mean, how many times you watch a Oilers Leafs game in Edmonton and it's like half Leafs fans in the in the arena? It's just you yeah. know, it's just yeah, it's That's... just there's just a lot of fans across the across the country. Um, it's the it's that original six thing. Um, How did they find out work out allocation for for away fans at games? Because I mean, we I know I can because I I don't know that I don't know about that about how the how it's done over there in Okay. I know the away fans get like a a seat allocation over here in soccer where they get an allocation of like two three thousand seats seats just for away fans. On the way and on stands, but I don't know how they allocate tickets over there in okay in NHL. I don't think there is an allocation. If you got a ticket, you're going. So they just buy tickets directly from like Ed- Edmonton, yeah, you, then they just fill fill crowd, then they just fill all yeah. the arena. Out. That's yeah. If you you can just go on there and buy tickets, like there's there's no. I don't know if there's any way to really filter that i mean like yeah. i can go on there like I, i'm i'm a guy from the yukon and i can go up and buy like uh they have those power packs at the start of the year we can buy five games for whatever uh, you know five or six hundred bucks depending on your seat um, and, and as long as you're paying for them they're your tickets there's there's no no questions about uh anything else so yeah, I'm, I was, yeah, that's, that's just made me curious, really. Um, but, you know, because really they're taking sort of ticket. If they're doing that, then they're taking tickets away from our own fans, like those fans from going to games and and that. So it that must piss fans off, you know, thinking, oh, I can't get a ticket because Leafs have bought them all. Uh, well, yeah, that happens. Like you know, like there's there's lots of there's lots of Leafs fans in Edmonton, and that you know, if the Leafs are coming there. It doesn't happen all the time, so. You might as well spend, you know, three or four hundred bucks on a ticket because they're your favorite team. You know, I'm speaking if you're a Leafs fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, so and you know, for the typical Oilers fan, that's that's pretty expensive, right? So you're you're probably not going to spend four hundred dollars on a, a lot of money on yeah. a seat. So you know, that's that's kind of where the Leafs just have uh, just such a insatiable fan base, and there's there's so many of them that yeah. that they they just. They, 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 that that happens. It's just the way it is. The same thing with the with the Habs. So when when Montreal comes to, to Edmonton, it's the same thing. You know, there's 
huge contingent of Habs fans in, in the arena. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, that that's that's really blows me away, really, because you know, not being, you know, that there's no filter, you know, or certain allocation for away fan for like away. How, how how do they do that? Like at football games over there, like so, so right. Like, you, could could you just be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a whatever, uh, uh, I'm a Chelsea happen. fan or something. It, it does, or, it does it, happen. It does happen. It, it, yeah, that's definitely happened. You, it, and it, yeah. Do, do, yeah. do people just like not do that because then you're surrounded by yeah. a bunch yeah. of other? It does happen. Trust me. It it, it happened. Aww. Yeah, it happened. It happened over here where, I mean, you know about football crowds. The you know eighty. Yeah. You, you know you know about crowds trouble. But it has happened before where you know you can be playing like. I don't know. You know, Sheffield United could be playing Chelsea, but and then a Chelsea fan can't get a ticket in, in on the way end. They have like four sides, and then I think they get get like bottom tier, bottom ball at the other stand on the tiers of the stand. So they they all sit together in you know football. You don't like you would never see you would never see like a Sheffield United fan sitting with a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Or a Sheffield Wednesday fan sitting on um, the, a fan a stand full of Sheffield United fans because they just right. probably knock seven dollars of shit out because <laughs> <laughs> they would go to trouble because they hate each other. It, I don't know. Football's a bit different. Soccer's a bit different. Like that, it's, it just wouldn't that wouldn't happen. It does occasionally happen. In you know, as far as but as far as like we okay. Um, like we have like Nottingham, Nottingham Panthers are our hated rivals. They're like our flames in Sheffield because the nearest team. They're only like forty miles, thirty miles to south. Um, but the Nottingham Panthers fans sit together in their part of the arena. It's usually it's like bottom, it's like bottom end, at bottom right, bottom right of the arena, like. Up and it's like just a little corner where it's all where it's all the way fans. They can't. They could theoretically sit with Steelers fans, but it's just they get their allocation and they sit in a certain um, end of the. We actually, you can't if you're. But I mean, if I'm, you know, if I'm gonna, I mean, I've been to Nottingham and been to some away away games with Steelers. I won't necessarily want to sit with, Pan- with Nottingham Panthers fans. You want to sit with your own fans. You know, it could be, you could theoretically do it. Also, they do put a stop, they can put a stop to it in football and uh, hockey because, well, because, you know, obviously, you know, when you book tickets, you know, you have to, you know, you give your, you know, you give your address and, you know, they know where you're coming from when you buy the tickets. That's one aspect where they do it. How they do it? I see. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, it's a bit bizarre because, because <laughs> you know, it, it you know, could just buy all tickets and just flood Rogers and then no Edmonton fans could, Oilers fans could get in because Montreal's bought every Baltimore because it could theoretically happen that. Yeah, it could. Where they, take right. over, where they take over each other's arena. <clears throat> yeah, it, that, that actually could happen. I mean, it, it's pretty rare. Um, I should say it would be pretty rare circumstances for it 
for that to happen to that degree. I mean, there's a lot of season ticket holders and stuff in the arena, but um, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of fans in there, man, from the Habs and Leafs. You, you if you next time you watch a game, uh, <laughs> when they're allowed in there, whenever that's going to be, yeah, and it's either one of those original six teams, you'll see it. It's it's yeah. chock full of of, of those uh, fans of either of those teams. I will say I've been to games in Edmonton and Calgary, and whenever I watch Edmonton in Calgary, there's always way more Oilers fans in the Calgary barn than vice versa. Yeah. So that, that's kind of neat. Uh, well, it, it would be funny, you know, because you, you know, I, you know, the Oilers fans taking buying all tickets in <laughs> in oh, Saddle man, Dome. That would, <laughs> that would be that would be so so salty. I'd, Love it. That'd be so good. Oilers fans. So good. Oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to get a campaign on. We'll have to get a campaign on Twitter. Oilers buy, buy all tickets in in Saddle Dome. Oh man, <laughs> it have to be done. So no, it has so to be no flame fans around it. It would have to be like re- done really quietly though, like really sneakily, so that they didn't know what was happening. You know, oh. and all of a sudden, there's one game where they showed up, and it was just like, what is going on in here? Why are the season ticket holders here and then the rest of the arena is Oilers fans? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Can imagine, can imagine like, can imagine Goudreau and all, and, and Kachuk and that, and they, they go into, you know, they go to skate out onto ice, and it's all, and it's all full, saddle domes full of all Ed, Oilers fans. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing the starting lineup announcements. The whole arena is just booing their own team. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. That'd be excellent. That. I'd, oh man! We have to think of a way to do that. I know we've got we've got to do it. That that's just that's a great idea. That <laughs> just buy all idea. just buy all ticket buy all tickets in, in saddled up, and so the, it feels like an away game when it's our style and it's all full of it's all full of Oilers fans in their own building, and then you've got the, awesome. and then you've got Flames fans outside that are, they're really pissed off because they can't get in. <laughs> So good, man! I'd love that. Speaking of Calgary, man, they got to have their hands full with Winnipeg in the play-in. Like, I'd, I mean, they're the favorite to win that, but man, Winnipeg's yeah. Winnipeg's pretty good. Connor Halbuck's should probably win the Vesna. He's having a great year, uh, man. That's that's going to be a close one. I, I think Calgary will win in five, but man, that's going to be that's that's going to be a tight series. Yeah, but. Big, big issue I've got though, thing with Calgary Scott is um, some of their players go missing. You know, you know, like with Goudreau, they, they don't show up in playoffs. They got absolutely decimated against Avs last year. They need to they, this year. They need to show up. Yeah, they they seem yeah, a bit of right. a team to me. Um, you know, we some you know on some of their lineup. You know, Goudreau. Needs to get into corners and get his fucking hand, get his hands, you know, you know, get into dirt and get his hands dirty and stop, you know, and stop going missing in games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, he certainly needs to find a way just to be effective out there. Playoffs are a different game, and you know, I don't even know if that's fair. You know, the players spend a whole season playing the rules one way and then they get in the playoffs and all of a sudden penalties don't count or anything like that. So it's a bit of an adjustment, but that's the way it goes. Um, but 
more to that, like, uh, you know, Goudreau, he's got to find a way to be effective there. I mean, he's one of the offensive leaders. He is the offensive leader on that team. He's a catalyst. So he, you know, he's got to find a way to make space for himself out there. He's, he's a great player, but it's, 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 everything's so tight checking in the playoffs, you know, you, and I, and I find with Goudreau, he holds on to the puck way too long. Like, yeah, he, and I, I think that's by design. I think they want him to do that, to draw guys to him. But man, there's so many times I see him turning over in the, you know, in the neutral zone or just at the yeah. offensive blue line because he's trying to make a move. And I mean, you know, all the best players in the league, generally speaking, they, they leave the league in, in giveaways because they have the puck all the time. Yeah. But it really seems like Goudreau like turns it over like, you know, such a, such a bad spot where like, it's, you know, uh, just, in, uh, you know, a, at least a two on one or a three on one going the other way. Like it, like I said, I don't know if that's by design, like that's coaching, like they want him doing that or whatever, but man, it really feels like he holds on to that thing way too long. Yeah. The, I mean, Riddick is, you know, Rid, I mean, do you know that when he tossed his stick in game against? Oh Iowa man, that was ridiculous! I, you know, if you're so gonna be if you're gonna be an arsehole and be a dick like that, then own it. Don't like, don't like, do do that, and then think, oh well, I didn't mean to do, you know, I didn't mean to do that. If you're gonna be a prick, be a prick. You know, yeah, stop you being beat, pussy. He got beat twice. Yeah. They just hit the post, and then he and then they stopped Dryside on the on the last shot, and like he. Dude, you, what are you doing? Like, you had nothing to do with that. Like, you got beat twice. The only thing they saved you was the post. And through sticking it out, I'm thinking, what are you doing, man? Oh, it was unbelievable, man. That was, I don't know. I didn't like that very much. But then they lit him up the next game, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I great with that game, Scott. That was so that, good. That, oh. oh, you know, you had, uh, you know, that nudge for, um, Monahan, Monahan, and then you know, even Bear got, you know, you've got to give Bear, you know, fighting Kachou. Yeah, and, uh, Chuck fought twice that game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, who were it the who were it that fought? It, did someone fight Giordano? I know. Uh, I can't. Oh, remember. they were they were another fight, but then no, but then. I'm not sure, but then you had the goalie fight. Oh, man, I've not seen a game like that since, you know, Sheffield Steelers played Nottingham Panthers in 2001 and they had full fucking bench clearance on eyes. Oh, no way. Oh, fucking... Oh, mate, I'll, I'll send you a YouTube clip of that of that one. Yeah, that were freaking... That were freaking hatred out there that that day. They just no fucking bench... Came bench benches when it were a full... One at, one at worst bench clearances in hockey. That they just couldn't no stand way. each other, but that season, awesome. that that was the season when we when we won Grand Slam in two thousand and one, and we basically won every trophy going. No way. Yeah, I think we won four, we won four trophy every trophy in in at British ice hockey at the time. We absolute clean, clean fucking league at in in trophies. Um, arguably one of the best, probably best team that's probably played. Um, but Steelers have won like they've won they've won Grand Slam in '96 and we won it in 2001. Uh, Pan, Nottingham Panthers won won it in 2013, and they caught well well not no. Nottingham Panthers said it were a Grand Slam. It was not a Grand Slam because they didn't win. 
Grand Slam basically means every trophy you win every trophy. Right. And because they didn't, but they didn't, they, they called it a Grand Slam, but it weren't a Grand, but they didn't win conference, their own conference, but yet they think it were a Grand Slam. Oh, no. Fucking stupid. But fair enough, that was first time they won league in first time in 50 years. Fucking assholes. Fucking, have it your <laughs> way, have it your way. Oh, they're in such denial. They're in fucking... So it must be, like, are those all locals on the Sheffield Steelers, or, like, no, is there import no. players? Um, no, we mainly get our league. We get, we get our players from, we've had, we've had a few, a few former NHLers playing our league. Uh, yeah, well, I think, like, like Cardiff Devils, I think Paul Bissonette played for them for... Yeah, yeah, Paul Paul played for Cardiff. I don't think he didn't play many games for Cardiff, but I know he played... I mean, we had, uh, I think in that season, we had Tom Sestito, who went on to play for Vancouver and fucking do that line brawling for Canucks. Um, we've had Theo Flurry play for Belfast Giants. Oh, he must have been yeah. lighting it up when he was there. No, really, no, not, no. I think oh, not. was, no, not really. Um, you would think so. Um yeah, I mean, he was a good player, that damn good player. Um, we've had, we'd be, you know, we'd be like played for Coventry Blaze during lockdown in 2004 5. We'd be like, um, yep. Eric Kearns, um, um, we've had, you know, Ken Priestley was on our, was on our Grand Slam winning team in 96. He had uh, two Stanley Cup. He had two Stanley Cup rings with Pittsburgh. Well, I think one. One. I don't think he got enough games to get his name on the trophy. But he's got two Stanley Cup. Second, he did. But he was. Wow. He was on our forward lines with uh, a legend. Legend Tony And, who was oh, best, yeah. British, best British player that's played that's played game. Um. Tony Hand had four thousand career points. I mean, you've got to put it into context, of course. It's it's pretty it's British elite. It's obviously it's not fucking great scale, you know. <laughs> but it's yeah. yeah, no, I I've I've heard of Tony Hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's uh, he got drafted by the Oilers in eighty four. Yeah, he got drafted by Oilers. Um, he yeah, he spent his his stories. Great to read up. Um, he almost made it, but he got homesick and went went back to came back home. But he, he you know, he nearly, I think he survived. He survived it without being cut, which is which you know, which is quite unbelievable, Scott. Really, because he was drafted in eighties, and you know, look how good that team. You know, to not get cut in, you know, that era when Oilers were dominant. And I, you know, think how good that, you know, that how good that team were in eighties, and to yeah. keep up with those guys. I mean, who, who really knows how good, you know, how he would have done? But I, I think he could have got into the NHL. He would have been an NHL player, absolutely. Who know? Who knows what how it might have turned out for him? But yeah, Tony and yeah, Tony and run our ninety six team and played. Sound like he just needed it. He just needed a needed a helping hand there, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think he regretted it shortly after, but he came. He came back to. Uh, he came back to our to uh, Britain and absolute talk. 
leagues of in pieces in that. Um, played for, you know, he played in Scotland. Um, he eventually played for Steelers. He eventually, he eventually finished his career leaving. I don't, I don't know if it was Manchester, um, but I know he managed. I know he will. Man, I know he coached Manchester. Um, yeah, but outstanding player. But we've had some. We but we mainly get our players through the AHL, ECHL. We've started getting players from Europe, so that's what we that that's where we mainly get a source we're, we're very north american in our league it's you know very you know gritty physical um you know we throw it we were these are starting to change it to my unhappiness into more european because i liked i liked all the you know you know gritty dirty game that's what i grew up on um in arena um team yeah, dark um, so, and it can be a bit, and I do like the more entertainment kind of side to game, you know, where I like, I love a game, I love a game where it's like end to end, you know, real intensity, you know, physical, you know, both teams going for it, passionate, you know, getting crowd going, you know, fights aren't essential, yeah. but at least, you know, but, you know, at least, stand up for your team um yeah i we're totally on the same boat there i i you know i one of one of the things that is maybe uh something neat about the whole pandemic thing was sportsnet's been playing like old classic playoff yeah. series yeah i watched um the uh 84 uh against new 84 game against new york islanders game five. Oh man um, like that's that's been so cool to watch. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciated that. But you know, just the intensity of those games. Like the they played the '94. Uh, I think it was called the West Final. It was '94. Uh, it was Vancouver against uh, Toronto, and those two teams just hated each other in that series. It was awesome. Like, yeah, it was so fast. Like there was, like there were skilled players in both teams. Um, it was just like so aggressive. Like there was so much hitting there. Like, it was just like a, I such a good series like to watch. Like, I oh man, it was like so good. Like yeah. so much fun to watch that. Yeah. So it kept, kept you, in, you know, it kept you tuned, and you wanted to. You, you couldn't leave. You, you know, you couldn't leave TV because you something could have happened, and you'd, you'd miss it because you didn't want to miss a goal or you or miss a fight or or a big hit, and you know it keeps you glued and really. You know, you really buy into it game, and it gets you into it game. I, I, I loved, I loved old classic cocky man. You know, art game where I don't like how they took, took, you know, how they taking a lot of physicality out it game and some of the refing. Yeah, uh, well, go just touching on the refing. Like that's one thing I noticed with the old games is there's just like no penalties called at all. Yeah. Um, so, and it's kind of I'm kind of torn between it because I, I I I like skill players and I think if you're if you're a better hockey player than another guy he shouldn't he shouldn't have tools to like make himself as good as you so if he's hooking you or something like that to get the puck or whatever like yeah. that's bullshit 
You know, like you should have to go to the box. Like this guy worked harder to become a better player. So yeah. I, you know, I, I think that, I think that should be allowed. However, like watching those old series, like the play just keeps going. Like, like there's no stoppages. It's just like, it's just this great yeah. hockey for like yeah. I you know, four or five minutes yeah. at a time. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's one thing I hate about our league in this country. What have they done? Because referees are just so, they just cannot keep the whistle in the, in the you know, in the pockets. They just call, you know, calling every, every fucking, every fucking thing. And, you know, then you're on peak, you know, and then you're on PK all the time. And, you, yeah. you know, and it kill you know, it kills energy at game. And, you know, the, it does. you know, you just, you know, and you're constantly, def- you're constantly trying to defend penalties all through game. And it's just, it just turns, it's, and it's not good for fans. What they've done to UK game over here is not good for fans. The, you know, the game, you know, because, you know, sometimes it's like a fucking morgue arena sometimes. And they just need to just lighten up a bit. Refereeing in this country is shit. I mean, right. some Steels fans are, some Steels fans are obviously make it, but I just think quality's poor. I mean, the referee, they do refereeing. Europe and all that, but we're not like Europe. You know, we've not grown up like like trying to change elite league. You know, we're not like Europe. We want to, yeah. you know, we. I mean, Europe's more about like speed and skill and those kind of thing. We've not grown up with that in this country. You know, Sheffield. You know, think about how Sheffield is. You know, we. You know, we're very. You know, we're very workmanlike as a city, and you know, industrial and. You know, we appreciate we entertainment and things like that. I sometimes think to myself, Scott. You know, I come to, I come to, you know, I come to hockey. If I want to just see a regular fucking hockey game, we know, we know intent. I'd go and watch. You know, I, I, I think sometimes, you know, I'd go and watch like a junior game or something. There's more. That's got more entertaining than, you know, just I just don't like. You know, just a game where there's just no passion or emotion and it's just, you know, so players go through emotions and that's what's pissed me off, mate. That's what's been fucking pissing me off lately. We, we, you know, Steelers in the past couple of years. Because, I mean, this past year we've been all right, but the season before we were, we were fucking awful. So it's not the fact that we're just awful, it's the fact that it's shit to watch. So it's, it, yeah. you know, uh, and we had, you know, that's what's mainly, that's what mainly got me with Steelers overseas. And I just think, you know, yeah, you need your skill guys. Of course you need your skill guys and it's all about winning. But you've got to keep fans, but, we, you know, it, you've got to make it entertaining and, you know, and have game good, you know, and have some and passion for it and stand up for your teammates and, yeah, you know, sure. and be you know play with in, you know, with a bit of attitude to your game. I mean, Kachuk pisses me off. I'm I'm an Oilers fan, and he's really fucking think. But you know, if he were if he were an Oilers player, we'd all freaking love. But he does his he does his job well. But I mean, we have a few people do that. But you've got to have someone. You know, I mean that what we used to do is we used to have like rivalries. You know, you know that you know they're tough guy. 
we used to have a lot of rivalries, but we haven't had that between. That's why not Panthers game and Steelers game don't matter as much. One because we play each other more now than we used to, and other is we don't have. You know, we used to have a guy named Fat Zach Fitzgerald who played for Steelers, and then they had someone called Cam Janssen, also played for New Jersey, I think, in NHL. And they're tough oh, yeah. guy. They're, they're tough guy. You'd fight our tough guy every game, and it was like a real, you know, and you always knew something was going to happen, and it made game build up at game really well. But even if it's not a fight, at least you know, throw it or you know, if someone's giving you, you know, at least if someone's been dirty in a game. You know, at least you can slash it, slash the stick. But they take dumb penalties. You know, I'm thinking just. I just like to see players buy in and just give it more of a shit. That's all. But that's mainly. I mean, that's why I prefer NHL at minute to, you know, watch because it's still got a bit of that, and that Oilers team still, obviously, got that with Cassian and um, Kerr, and we still, you know, we still got that great. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it's certainly. And you need it. There's guys that can well. certainly. Yeah, there's certainly guys that can play that game. And when you get in the playoffs, that's kind of when it's a little more prevalent. I find, you know, with. Uh, I mean, people can talk about you know skill all they want, and and it, it's it's probably the most important thing. However, I mean, intimidation is still a huge part of that game. Um, if anyone says it's not, they that you know they yeah. <laughs> they should play hockey to check for themselves like it you know like if you're if you're going up against a team and and you're especially if you're a defenseman so if you're if you're going back and getting the puck and you know that this 220 pound guy is cruising down he's going to cream you like you're yeah. you're going to get rid of that thing like a hot potato because yeah. you're going to get crushed if, if if you're not protecting yourself so little things like that you know you, you start getting the guy's head because you're because you're playing the body, you know, you're playing an aggressive brand of hockey, that that matters. You know, that every little inch matters out there. So anything you can do to to give yourself more spaces, that's important. Yeah. I mean, another another thing that, I, that I'll also give you feedback on, Scott, as well, is, you know, what they've started doing in soccer over here is putting, like, fake crowd noise on game. So, you know, arena's empty, but they put crowd noise on, you know, to make it look like there's fans in arena when they're in. That sort of... <laughs> it don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't appreciate uh, It sort yeah, of makes I, the game I, more real, but... I don't know. I, I mean, you know I'd be happy. Are... Honestly, I'd be happier without it. Yeah, and I think I, that's what I do. I, I'd rather hear what they're saying on the ace. I think they should... Yeah. I think they should monetize that. So yeah, you can you can buy some. Yeah, you can buy some kind of special, you know, extra thing on your center ice package or whatever. Yeah, and it allows you to hear the players mic'd up because I want to hear them talking shit to each other. Oh yeah, I want to hear. I would. Oh man, that would be so good. Like, oh, go yeah. the opposite direction with it. Like, don't try to hide it. I'd love to hear you know, Cassian mic mic'd up when we play Calgary in a few weeks. <laughs> And it's gonna be see, so good. See what said on you always know that, that guy's you always know that guy's beacon out there, so I'd yeah. love to I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Perhaps we can get like a petition together so we can get they can get Mike cast marked up and we can and and we can um no, we'll wait till next season. Be a bit more tight. Get we'll we'll start plotting now to buy to buy oh, Calgary's tickets up. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to come up with some kind of 
some yeah. kind of software or something to, to do that and copyright it. And then you'll release this podcast and someone will hear that idea and steal it from us and go and make millions of dollars. What about, what about <laughs> getting, yeah. I don't know. So do, you, uh, so, so, do, you, do you think Edmonton, how do you, what do you think their chances are against Chicago? Yeah, well, I was just going to come on to, I was just going to come on to that actually, um, about, um, personally, I think we've got, um, I think we'll be too strong for him, Scott, to be honest with you. We, you know, because four or six, a puck moving day, um, as top six, um, I know they've done a bit of rejigging with lines and they put Nuge up with, um, with Kat, with McDavid and Cassian. Um, I know they've done with Athanasiu, um, put Athanasiu upon Dry's line with um, him and Yamamoto, Dry and Yamamoto. Um, I don't know what I mean. What do you think of what do you think of that? I put in Afanasiu there. I like it. Yeah, I I I think it was uh, who was that today? It was the Oil Night. That guy Sean yeah. Patrick is. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he, Sean. Yeah, he uh, he was saying that that might work well for Drysaddle, being that he's a bit more of a playmaker. Yeah. So yeah, he is. He's a playmaker. Having having a bit of a, a guy with wheels like that on his wing, you know. It, just might add a different dynamic to that. And I like it. Like, I think Athens, he's got way more to show than I think he was really uncomfortable when he came to the team. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, like he's he, played on Detroit, but worst team in fucking league. So, last well, point. I mean, like he came yeah. over and all of a sudden he was playing with McDavid. And yeah, he's a guy that probably should be carrying the puck with a guy with wheels and hands like that. Yeah. But when you're on line with McDavid, like McDavid's going to do that do because that. he's the well, best in the world with that, right? So, I, I, I like it. I, I like putting him there. Uh-huh. I, I, I've just just we'll come we'll come back to that for a second, but I just you've just raised that point. This is why I don't think Taylor Hall would make sense at Oilers. Yeah, I love Taylor Hall. I mean, everyone knows that. I've I've yeah one of the biggest boosters <laughs> of Taylor Hall ever. But I mean, I just don't know what the ass is going to be for him. Like he, they they don't have an abundance of cap space. You know, they have some, but I mean. You know, like he, it'd be tough to go in and sign Taylor Hall for eleven million dollars or whatever he's going to get. Yeah, he's so but, good. I'd be so good. Like, I know. Yeah, it's just you give him seven. You give him seven years. Is is he younger than me? So he'd be twenty eight. So you get him if you get him like even if you get him at seven at seven mil. I mean, I know. I mean, price to contracts may drop. You know, given free agency, you you're gonna it is gonna probably be different this year with you know everything because it's knocked everything out of sync. So it possibly yeah. might it possibly might change dynamic. Uh, you know, I, well, I don't. It's been tried before with David. So, I mean, you, I mean, could, you could probably put him on dry dry side of line. Um, yeah. I mean, That's, dry, I mean, dry, I mean, dry, dry would be, I mean, you know, dry's a playmaker. I mean, dry could probably, I mean, dry could probably play, could play with him and that. But it's more, it's more the clashes with David, you know, they like skate, they both like skating with puck. So, and it's more the, you know, it, it's, you know, about what he would add and things like that to say. And, you know, so it's like, it's a bit like top six, you know, we've got that. 
I mean, I didn't want to sort of change top six around, but you've gone to get one for. I think what we need is we need something for McDavid. We need we need what Yamamoto is on that second line up with McDavid and get a player to work with McDavid, you know, that can play with McDavid and compliment McDavid. Um, he just, you know, he's got speed. I think he just needs someone to sort of make space for him to skate into home. It's. I don't know what's your thoughts on what what a, what an ideal winger for David is. Be curious to get your thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think like from free agency. You mean, or on the team? Well, um, well I mean, it, it could be anything from free. Well, I don't know what free agents. But I mean, I don't know free agency. You know, you tend to can cause you to overpay. Um, a bit. I'm yeah, not, I mean, uh, a, like, yeah. I mean, like uh, if there's a trade to be done or something, or oh, I I don't know. I mean, I'm just curious what I kind I, of- I I I like the idea of just bargaining shopping for. I mean, this is less than ideal, but I mean, there's players like Tyler Ennis that yeah, he's a great player, and there's always some kind of there's always some players like that that fall through the cracks, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, McDavid's a great player, so he's gonna. You just need someone to work with him. Um, well, the best replacement for him, I, I could probably see with McDavid is, I think it's likely he could come with drafting someone. It might be, you know, it, it could be, yeah. it may be a Benson eventually with McDavid. Yeah. That, yeah, could, that, be... could, do, that could do the job when Benson's ready and and has worked on his game. Because he's got, I mean, it, it, it's mainly, from my... Is it the fact that Benson's got he's got the IQ but he ain't got the wheels? I think that's exactly what it is. He's yeah. maybe just not as not as quick to the pro game, you know. And maybe it's just like an adjustment thing. Maybe he'll get there because you can certainly work on skating. Um, yeah. So I think he'll get there. He's a smart player. Like I actually liked him in his games when he was playing this year. Um, there's a couple times I can't recall who they were playing, but he come in with the puck. He didn't like it, and he just like turn around, like at the top of the dot, and take another look in the offensive zone and fire past the zone. I'm like, that a boy. That he's just a sharp player. He's yeah. he's really smart. There's a lot of tools there. He's he's gonna be a good player. There's there's a lot of exciting prospects yeah. there. Like you know, uh, who was talking about the other day? Um, it was on Twitter. But someone said Ryan McLeod keeps. Ryan, yeah, at, at yeah, Ryan. Ryan McLeod could probably. I'm not sure whether he may possibly be a third line center. Eventually, that third line center we've been looking for since, you know, obviously, Chirelli traded Strom away. Oh my god! Like, what a like, fucking just, Ryan Spooner! What a fucking thing that was. Man, I just like. I still to this day can't believe that. Like, if you just let Oilers Twitter run the team via polls. Yeah. They would have yeah. done a way better job than Peter Torelli. Oh my god! Crazy. How could a yeah. fan base yeah. do a better job than the, the thing that? Yeah, yeah. The thing I are the, the big problem I I that's different now is you know Ken Holland come in and he point you know he points at Dave Tippett and they're both on the same page. They've got the same philosophy. You know he was you know he went out and he got he didn't he used he didn't have to you know the, he used what his resources were Holland too. And he went out and he knew Dave Tippett, you know, wanted a strong defensive game to be defensively responsible. 
So he went out and he got, you know, Sheehan and Archibald, you know, good players that have been on for PK, that can play on PK. And he, he catered to that. What the issue were with Shirelli and McClellan and why that was a fucking mess was, um, you know, you had Shirelli that, you know, I mean, I knew what he was trying to do, you know, build a team around your third set, you know, have three centres down middle, drive McDavid and Nuge and have three centres. And then, you know, I know he traded, he, he depleted his winger depth, but he wanted to draft the wingers you know, the compliments that would play with those three centres. I knew what he was trying to do. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a mixed pitch because his draft record, I thought, was surely did great, but his trades were fucking awful. Yeah. Um, but I knew what he was trying to do, but with regards to, but the problem is, is he had an head coach that didn't, that just wanted to play his vets. The thing was fucked up and it wasn't going to ever work. You know, he dog out fucking young players. I think that's probably maybe why, you know, Pooley Harvey didn't maybe didn't work. Could have could have done. It could have been turned out different because he just dogged out young players. And so what was I just didn't see the fucking point. They weren't on the same page. Whereas they are now. It's so much better now. And I mean, there has been a bit of a, you know, bit of a turning office. So you know, we I, I know. You know, Tavish leaving, and there's been a bit of a change in old boys club a bit. But the, but because Holland's, you know, had the success, he's got more authority. So, you know, to do as he what to do what he wants to do, what he feels is right. And I think the management now on hockey side's excellent, and we've got it absolutely right, and that's been replicated. And he's made he's used what resources he's got. Available to him to improve the team to for you know and the players. I think Tippett's got a bit more has a bit more input and you know there's more grip on that Oilers team than they were. You know they're not just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Like you know I I mean yeah. that fucking Brandon Manning trait. I mean and you know Co- you know Kesslevic. What was the fucking point in that? You know I mean. <sighs> I mean, yeah, that, when like I, the, that when he lost Palau. The Brandon Manning one, just, like, from so many angles, is so bad. Like, I, I know we're probably beating a dead horse here, but, like, it just, it just can't help it. Like, it's so it's so bad, you know? Like, the, yeah. you know, like, you're bringing in an expensive defenseman who is arguably replacement level yeah. uh, or, at best, an AHLer. Um, and he's instantly got he he with McDavid, your best player on the team because of that, because of what he did, because of what happened. Yeah, there. you want a stupid right. so, yeah. thing to do. Yeah, and then McDavid's got to go answer all these questions, just like you yeah. said. So it's just like causing him duress that was totally yeah. unrequired for you know he's going to get asked player they didn't. And I, I mean, liked Kajula. Uh, like, yeah. I had time for Kajula. Like he was scoring, you know, like. What he's been he better like, since yeah, he's been better at Chicago since he left. I know there were some a bit there were some questions about, you know, his time on PK and his defensive game. Um but I'm I didn't yeah. have a problem with him. Like yeah. he was an NHL player. So we traded an NHL player for someone that was expensive and not an NHL player. And like yeah. you can basically that mantra covers most Oilers trades for quite some time where we shipped out something yeah and 
we shipped out an NHL player and didn't get one back. It's, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's I think there's more value. They've got more value now, I think. They, they, they're getting value. For it. Um, I mean... I mean, you look at that oil's defence. I mean, that, that you know, I mean, and it, it, that's what, it, you know, he did do some good things, We, you know, we draft him. But, I mean, we're going to be, that's going to be one of the best defence defensive calls in league in future years. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, Broberg, Bouchard, you've got Bear. I mean, look at, look at Tippett's coaching's really, and what, and the steps that Bear's made. Yeah, since well, I, I, I mean that's just that's been unbelievable. And that's real, you know. And it's because of that that it saved us from going out and making, you know, and having to give something up on front to get it in a trade. The fact that you, you know, it's always better when you can get you, you know, then you know when you can get players on ELCs. You know, yeah, and, well, absolutely. And, like Ethan Bear was like so massive for that team. Like, yeah. For him to come out and turn into an NHL player, like that was yeah. such a boon for that team. Cause, you know, otherwise it's pretty thin yeah. on that decor on that side. Right. So, yeah. you know, for him to come out and be an NHL player and an effective NHL player too, like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's yeah. great, man. He's, he's oh, got wheels. Point. He's smart. Like, yeah, he's like great player. Great I mean, player. we struggle on first, you know, none of them could fucking skate on, you know, you know, we only had like cleft bomb and, you know, we can got players that can move puck now and make that good first pass. I mean, we've got Joe. I mean, just look how Jones has come along. Um, yeah, great. Joe, you know, he was you know, looking great towards the end of the year. Yeah, you've, you know, you've got Jones, Bear, you know, Bouchard, and then you've got Broberg coming in. Probably he's probably two, maybe two, three years off from breaking through. But I mean, that's going to be fucking unbelievable. I mean, can imagine if we got. I mean, Lafreniere, Lafreniere, and all that. Oh man, I, mean, that, listen, that, I don't think it's going to happen. But fuck, you know that we'd have, we'd we'd be able to we'd have a fucking team that could compete with Colorado for Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, you're right, man. I there's a lot to like about about the prospects there. I'm yeah, really I'll interested to see how what how Bouchard turns out. Like he. Yeah, if we need a bit, bit of extra punch on power play, which I know he's in he's in roster for that but I think we're probably what we're going to probably do is probably going to start him on a third pair and work it you know get him used get him into feel things and you know keep his minutes under control and just ease him in and then you know we don't want to sort of rush it you know he's you know and then we'll work him up towards top four just to sort of game yeah. rather than but we've got that we've got a, we've got that privilege now of doing that of being patient with players because of because of how well we're doing, that we don't need to throw players into into fire in live in a game because we've got the we've got the depth and we've you know Bear stepped up and we've got Jones, so we can allow it allows us to have the tat you know Bear you know Bear Jones you know you know Clefbaum and Nurse it allow it allows us to you know be patient with Bouchard not rush him into that team because we haven't got anyone to fill that position. You know, it, it, it's you know, it's got such a, it's so much better now than it were. You know, we're not stuck with like you know Benning and Nurse like we did last season, which that pairing didn't work out. Um, yeah, it's likely possibly the, they might move that Russell contract. I know his contract, his bonus gets paid, and I don't know if his if if he go, if his cap goes down to one point five after his bonus. 
Uh, I know, and he's, I think he's modified no trip, no move clause goes to fifteen. Is it goes to? Does it go to fifteen teams? Uh yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so. So yeah, but it's um, yeah, it can't problem with that. But that's what. But that's mainly what we, what we've got to do. So, but yeah, it's it's, it's so much better. We, you know, we're in so much good a position that we, you yeah. know, Broberg just adds that extra depth. Well, um, I was actually pretty worried when Holland came over. If I'm being honest, like. Yeah, I was as well. I weren't as you know, seeing as though because it were a bit of a, it were a bit of a, it made a few, you know, con, you know, like with contract, you know, some of yeah, that. Yeah, was just. Yeah, he I was just handing them out to. Yeah. Like, like I'm gonna pull it up right now. Like, like abdicator comes to mind. Like that's a tough yeah. contract. Oh, He's getting five something million for quite yeah. a while. Like you know, I mean, like Trevor he, Daly and. De Kaiser and some of them that were fucking in the thirties, but had no trade clauses. So it were I were a bit concerned at minute because I thought the game may have passed him by. But I mean, um, the, well, one thing that is worth noting is I think Holland he negotiated. He did. He negotiated Athanasius' last contract with Detroit. Yeah, and I remember that being a bit of a shit show. Um, like there is. He they they just it didn't seem like they could come to an agreement um, on the on the last round of, of uh, negotiations. So we'll see what happens this this time. Um, you know, hopefully, you can get them down to a nice figure, but we'll have to see. Yeah, that's but yeah, we can. Um, well, end of day, it's approved. It, it's it's you know is you know it's a prove it deal. Um, you know, if he you know if he impresses, does you know strikes out. He just needs to engage a bit more after the seal. Um, just a bit more engage more into you know and get you know in, in battles and um maybe needs to probably work on his bit of his defensive coverage. Um if you just need yeah, just needs to get just add a bit more you know balls to his game. Yeah, I, than, I think so. Rather than I, just you know speed and that. He might work well with Drysaitl, you know, because Drysaitl, because he was saying, you know, with Drysaitl, he's, you know, he draws like two players to him, and he, you know, and then to take him, you know, and then gets around him, and he can pick that, and he's got like that vision to pick that pass out. So if he can just get on Ender, if if Afnasi, you can just get on, can just find the, you know, be on end of that pass and net to put it into net. It might. It probably could work. It might work that way. It may yeah, because Drysdale's a playmaker. I know McDavid likes to. McDavid obviously skates with Pope. So, but the but Dry, I think Dry's got ability to really bring best out in him and Yamamoto just by his just by his talent. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I I, I think Athens he's he's got a lot more to give there. I mean. He, like like I said, when he came in the team, I think he was a little uncomfortable. Uh, it's just new surroundings. Um, probably wasn't sure what to make of it. So you know, I think that I gotta. I, I think he's gonna come around. I think that could be. I think he's my dark horse pick for for you know having a 
bit of a Pisani run, if you will. I, mm. I think that he can. I think that he can get hot. He's a good player, and he. Uh, I don't know. I think he'll find a way. And that that's my pick for for the Pisani Trophy. How about that? Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> I, I think we'll go deep. You know, against Chicago, regards to Chicago game this series, I think I think we just got too much. You know, you look at that top six, and you look at you know, you look at our top six. You know, you know, you know, if you can have that like, David Minouge, I mean, that possibly might be what David needs. I mean, I, I hope it works out, and there's no, you know, that David could probably play with Minouge, and that might be it. Could possibly be. And after the CU and that line works, I mean, we're doing really well. I, I, that it, that possible, it's possible that could work. But I mean, regards to a top six, regards to us PK, we've got us PK with third with third line, with third and fourth. Uh, you know, like carers, carer were a player that I were critical of. Um, you know, because we. Because, but he's a good PK. He's a good penalty killer. I mean, you don't sign Harris to score goals, but he's been a really good PK. Cheyenne and Archibald, good PK. So we've got yep. we've got a bit of so we've got a bit of everything. And you know, as PK as power play, like with special teams, um, goal. You know, d- defense we can move it. Four at six can move it. You know, and then you've got you know stay at home day with Nurse and right. You know, Russell can Russell can still. Russell and you know Benning and that. Um, it's likely ben, they might trade Benning in some in in you know eventually. It's probably because someone's going to have to make way for Bouchard hopefully next season if he um, does well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, you would expect him to start with Mike Smith. It might be started with Mike Smith and then bring Koskinen in. I mean, I did yeah. his point with. I did raise point if if Altby um, left Washington, you know where whether whether that's feasible to possibly bring Altby in, now Altby and Koskinen in because Koskinen does struggle with playing. He's not like kind of goaltender that can play like you know, you know like you have like Carey Price in Montreal where he can just play like eight, you know seventy gate sixty seventy games, and they lean on him. Yeah. I mean, he's paid ten million, so fucking I suppose get paid. He better. He better yeah, so ten point five. Yeah, so it, it's what you know. He better fucking gel. Um, I mean, I do. That is a bit of a wary thing. I mean, I'm a fan of Kerry. I like Kerry Price, but I, I'm a bit curious if I'm an house fan how that contract's going to work. You know, given thirty one. You know, he's well, yeah. wearing down. Well, Rob Rob Volman, I don't know if you ever heard that name before. Um, he's a, he was an advanced stats guy. I think he works for the Kings now, actually. Um, but he he's written a couple books, and I, I read one of them. And he was talking about uh, Carey Price actually in his book, and this is before Carey Price signed his extension. Yeah. And he 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 had basically worked out that um, like kind of a formula for you know how effective it is to have X goalie for X amount of dollars versus a cheaper goalie. Um, yeah. And he said, Carey Price is, is at the time was one of the best value deals in the league. But he said the time he, by the time he signs the extension, he's like, he, he called it into question saying that yeah. there's likely goalies available for cheaper 
yeah. that give you more value per cap dollar. That's a lot of money to tie up in a goaltender for. Yes, yeah. like he said that. that. Like you said, Lundqvist was was going to be one of the worst uh, values for cap dollar yeah, moving forward. And yeah, and, and, and it actually has been. So. Yeah, and that and they've got they've got like you know Georgiev down in New York. Rangers. Yeah, they're talking about trade. So that so yeah. that would be maybe an option is is trading for for Georgia because yeah, like they've got him, uh, Sestorkin, and uh, there's one other guy. They got another goalie who's, uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's why I raised the question with Altby because they've got um, what's that goalie got down in in Washington. That's took his sort of took his place a bit in that's coming through. Oh, I forgot it. Um, Google it. Uh, but yeah, it, but yeah. The, so I weren't sure. I mean, he might stay in Washington, Scott. To be honest with you. Yeah, um, with, yeah I mean, like I, you I, know, I don't know if he's the answer. Like, like, not want to come. And plus, as well, he might demand. He, he might demand. Um, you know, what his cap might be. You know, I mean, you know, you've got Koskinen on four. And then if he has four, that's a lot of money. I won't want him to do that. I mean, it might. I think, yeah, I think you might have to trade Koskinen to probably do that That kind of thing. I think your hands are... Yeah. I, I think the Oilers' hands are tied with Koskinen. I think he's the yeah. goalie because... Yeah. You, can't, you probably can't trade him. No. He's uh, got no move for, as well. Well, I <laughs> So he he's there. He's the goalie. So I think you just gotta go bargain and shopping, and um, you know maybe wait till the dust settles a little bit and free agency whenever that starts, um, and then maybe maybe look at who's available. Sam, after that. Samsonov. But, Samsonov. Oh yeah, Ilya Samsonov. Yeah. yeah so but that but, yeah. Goalie. But I mean, it depends on how we. It depends on how how that works. To be honest, it it. it I mean, whether he would, he might want to stay in Washington and compete, and you know, it might work. But it's, it's a lot of. It was just some kind of, see, it, it was just some kind of thought. But it probably, it probably mean moving Koskinen, Koskinen, and he's got a normal, and he's got a waiver normal. Is yeah, for sure, for sure. So that whether, um, I mean, that were another probably, but. I mean, Koskinen's, you know, Koskinen's got a, when he, when he's out Koskinen, he's, he's great and he's, you know, he's unbelievable, but he does need to probably, he does need to sort of share that goaltending, he does probably need a, you know, you know, to share games in order to bring best out in him, um, because he does wear off after, you know, if you play him, if you overplay him, he can, his form can dip a bit. So he probably yeah. does need. We do probably need another goal, goaltender to, um, you know, sort of share duties, so to speak. But, but yeah, I, do you think, Tip, do you think know, Tippett's going to start Koskinen or Smith? I would think he'll go with Smith, and then he'll. But it, but he'll he'll play both. But it would probably he'd probably start with Smith. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And then I, walk, I, then walk I, into Koskinen. I'd, I'd prefer Koskinen. if it was Koskinen. If he started with him, but I think he's gonna yeah, he's gonna go back with Smith. I, I, I'm not not a big fan of that, but I mean, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, I mean they both had you know they both had the they both had the um, 
you know, the peaks and valleys this season. But, I mean, credit to Smith. I mean, they were getting lots of criticism of Smith, but, you know, he bounced back and he had, you know, he, he didn't, and he got over it and he had, you know, he was strong mentally to, um, you know, keep going. And it didn't, it didn't. That's one thing that I've noticed with this Oilers team is usually when it gets to Christmas, it's, there's been that dip down. They've yeah. sort of done well, started off good. But then they've, you know, gone down a shit show on sec in, in after January, whereas they've yeah. kept it going. That's also the difference between this and probably the 2017 playoff team is we've got a good team now. And we've got a good, you know, we're well coached. We've, you know, GM that knows what he's doing, that knows what he's doing. We've got, you know, we've got a team, we've got, you know, like Bear, Bouchard, Jones. I do worry a bit about Jones, Scott. To be honest with you, you know, when it comes to the expansion draft, who are we going oh, yeah. to leave open when Seattle come in? I'm, I'm a bit concerned about losing Joe, about Jones possibly being left exposed. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want point. to leave. Yeah, and who we could probably. I mean, I think Larson's out of contract with um, at some point at that, but it'd be a bit of a. I'd be, you know, it'd be a bit. I mean, we may have the debt. I mean, we may have the debt that come at that point, but it's a bit, you know, you would want to keep older Jones, but it's all you would, it's all you would want to put, you know, you've got a choice between who you leave exposed, so you're going to lose some. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, because I, yeah. I think that the, the expansion rules are the same as when Vegas came in. Oh, so yeah. I think you get. <laughs> Yeah, you get what was that? Oh, Seven forwards, three defensemen, yeah, or uh, or or eight skaters total. I yeah. think is what it was. Yeah. Oh god. Oh Vegas, that expansion draft. They got a fucking pick a bunch then. You know. Yeah, there they did lot, really there well there. Of, there. There were a lot of GMs that got fucking fired over that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think if. You know the majority of GMs in the league. I think if they, if you asked them, they 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 do that over differently. Yeah, I just think that. Yeah, but they yeah they got you know like well it happened. I mean I'm I mean Vegas is another team that's in contention for that, that that's in contention as well as Colorado. Um, my only they've got a they've got they've got offensive. They've got offensive punch Vegas, but you their big thing I always say is about right, you know, they're right. They ain't got apart from Derek England, they're exposed on right, the defence. They ain't got a right shot by Derek England. Oh really? Yeah, Derek England's okay. their only right shot, I think. Theodore's a lefty. He... Nate Schmidt's a lefty, yeah. 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 So the uh-huh. so that so because I know they were going point. on that yeah, they're ex, you know so it's mainly I mean you think of I mean you got Theodore Smith um, I mean there's all these um, they're only two that you will probably say are top forty you may there may be one more but they're top they're the only one that's top forty. That's a top four defenseman. Rest of them are not top four. It's mainly their back end. I would be, 
I would be a bit more. That's mainly their weakness. Um, they've got a lot of depth with getting Leonard. You see, this is the thing about the, the coming back to, coming back to uh, Black Oaks game. They Chicago weren't didn't weren't built are uh, not set up to play in the playoffs. I'm reading something like Courage. You know, I don't know if um, if if Crawford will will is injured. But if Crawford, yeah, it sounds he's like, full, it sounds like he's uh, he's questionable, eh? Yeah, then they they really are not. I mean, you you know, I mean, Taves and Kane are gonna, you know, they bring, you know, they bring Kurt and some of them. But I mean, who they got really on their, you know, second line with about we got with Dylan, you know, Dylan Strome outside that. Oh, and- <laughs> I mean, Kirby. I've seen some games with Kirby Doc, and he's yeah, looked yeah. crazy good. Um, yeah. I I just worry about Chicago's. They've been there, you know, so. Yeah, they've got the experience, and you never know. You never, you never I mean, know. I don't think it'll be an easy game, and I'm not certainly don't want to sort of brag or be arrogant, and we certainly shouldn't be taking it easy because they could anything. I mean, I I thought Tampa would do it last year until they got in, until they got you know, by Blue Columbus till Columbus yeah. got had the number. So anything can happen in playoffs, and it's anyone's game. I mean, but I. I We've got the team and the tal- and the players on that team to go for a deep run, go deep into yeah. when when, a, when when you know when around round two or three, uh, a, a, a two or three round or something to go deep into playoffs. We've got the team to do it and the players to do it, but anything can happen in playoffs. Yeah, I just but, need some goaltending. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing for me. I you know yeah. I. I expect Connor McDavid to come out and just be a total beast out there. I yeah. think he's he's going to be. This is that's you know maybe a bit of a silver lining here is Connor McDavid's have more time to you know to get 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 some get some time to work out and that he didn't get in the summer because he's rehabbing his injury. So I you know I I expect McDavid to just be all world out there. Um, it would make me think... when they were last in playoffs though that stood out rather than. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah, I agree with you, mate. It's probably maybe goal, maybe goaltending. You need good goaltending in playoffs. It's essential. Other than that, I think we're pretty much strong on all ends of ice. Yeah, but, and we think pick up the five on five a little bit. Like yeah. during the year, like our, our special teams was was huge, right? Like we were number one power play, number yeah. two penalty kill, but our. Our five on five maybe wasn't as strong as it was in 2017 when we made the playoffs. So, yeah. I will, if we can I will pick that up a little bit, like you're you're right, we've, we've we're gonna have a good team. I've always been in favour of McDavid and Draftsart playing on separate lines. I knew it was yeah, gonna work. And it was gonna work because, yeah, they they can get that extra firepower. But I would be concerned, particularly in their goals against when them two play together, you know, in defensive coverage. Yeah. It would, we did yeah, sure. give a lot of goals. We did give a lot of goals, and I mean, I think towards the end as well, we were not quick enough. You know, getting off. You know, when we were in over OT, we were not a bit. I don't know if I don't know if drive. You know, we're not quick enough getting up, getting off the ice or something. Um, but we gave up. A, you know, we, so yeah. I mean, these are only my these are only mild things, but I think they'll be. I think we'll be fine. 
I think we'll be fine. And um, but we've got Calgary in a few weeks, so that's gonna we'll we wanna stuff them. And uh, yeah, so I just I can't believe it's happening. You know, I can't believe we have a scheduled hockey game on the horizon here. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I am. I'm uh, really. Um, yeah, I'm really excited, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens and that. Um, yeah. Anyway, you probably it's probably probably about two two o'clock in the morning there, right? In it. So yeah, to keep it's you about up. ten. About, about ten after two, so oh, I should yeah, probably yeah, go on yeah, get, yeah, that's what. Yeah, we we're gonna. I'll I'll let you get go. I'll let you uh, get going. I really appreciate you um, coming to uh, coming on, mate. I'm, uh, you know, really appreciate. We've had a. We've had a good uh, debate about and covered all bases and talked a lot of hockey and that. I think past couple. Oh man, this is this is fun. I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface here. Oh so. man, oh man, we we'll, we'll, we we'll have to do this again sometime. This is this is awesome, man. Hundred really percent, cool. man. I definitely want to get. I definitely want to get you back on because you know you seem knowledgeable and mate. We could we could talk. We could talk for hours, Scott. About you know, that all things Oilers and hockey and that, because, you know, you're knowledgeable and you uh, want to keep things, um, you know, you know you're hockey. So it's awesome, man. And I really yeah, appreciate no, well, you coming on and taking time to uh, talk hockey with me. And uh, it should be a great should be a great episode for, uh, you know, when uh, that's all we'll get. You know, it'd be a good. Episode. Yeah, no, man. No, no, thanks for having me. We should we should touch base in a couple of weeks after the maybe after the Calgary game or something. We'll absolutely we'll get on again and hundred percent, mate. It. I definitely want to. I definitely want to get you on again. And there's so many others. And I'm really generous that people have took time to listen because it's it's really humbling that people want to listen to you know what you've got to say. I mean, this is a new, you know, this is a new um, podcast. I started this. I mean, I've been on Islas Live a couple of times, um, and Eric's had me on his. But you know, I mean, you know, I want to talk about hockey. <laughs> I you know, I don't, you know, I can't keep, I don't want to keep relying on, you know, get, you know, wanting to be on theirs. So I want to. That's why. I, that's why I started it, Buds. You know, so I could get, you know, people like you and you know yourself on, and uh, you know, give everyone a, you know, and just talk hockey, and you know, give give me thoughts a bit more, because because it's me own, because it's me own, Scott. I can. It's my own shot. You know, I don't have to. I can. I don't have to behave. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely, man. That's great. Keep you know, doing I'm, it, man. It's great, yeah. man. We. Yeah. We. We, uh, we love listening to it. It's good content, man. So. Yeah. And I do, yeah. So yeah, we'll do that. But you know, more talk, more hockey talk, the better. I'm always happy to help those guys out and promote their podcast and help each other out. And and then I've I've had some real good guests on. You know, Bailey Scott, uh, Dan came on. You know, and. Um, yeah, so sure. and, and, and you've come on tonight. So thank thanks thanks really thanks a lot, mate, for coming on. And we're definitely we'll, we'll catch up in a, you know in a couple of you know in a few you know into uh, when everything all gets going soon. And uh, I'm hundred percent in favor of getting you back on, mate. Yeah, for sure, man. That's great. Well, thanks for having me. It was it was a pleasure. All right, thank, thank, thanks, mate, and uh, thanks for listening, everyone. All right, bye. yeah, cheers, cheers, man. Take care. Take care. Bye.